and we're live hi guys welcome to an episode of nigerian sports fan podcast i'm your host david and well today's episode is going to be very interesting because um the results went the way i didn't expect i mean the real madrid versus Bayern Munich. the real madrid versus um man city game but the man versus Bayern Munich game right that's fixture it didn't go exactly the way i expected now i was thinking football heritage was going to help real madrid out but um it turns out man city were like listen we're going to put every single doubt to bed today <laughs> We're gonna try everything out the win within. I mean, Inter Milan's. Um, so I think that game was pretty much done after the first leg. Inter Milan. I think it's AC Milan. Was gonna get knocked out. It was just a matter of when. Um, it's like this, right? Because following AC Milan all along, this is why I still get. I'm still upset. Oh my god. This is why I'm still upset that sports got knocked out by them. But anyway, see, listen. There's a lot to say in the entire episode today. I don't want to waste all of it in the intro. Um, with sports also, there's a new man uh, and his slots. Um. The news about him becoming sports manager is gathering his team. So um, there are other things also to talk about. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Okay, so we start our Champions League tie. Um, the fixture, the derby, the Milan derby. I made a mistake in the last episode. I think I said derby da Italia. Derby da Italia is Juventus versus. Um, Inter Milan are not really even no so it's the Milan derby so I apologize for that mistake I hope I'm not making another mistake this time but anyways but that's what the main name of, of this um this particular conversation um Inter Milan now they won um, they're in their first final since 2010 I mean they won the last one they were in it was amazing right I mean these people were they did a very good job over the two legs I mean first leg two nil second leg was about securing the, the it, it's like this right it's like you go you go to the the jungle right you hunt you go to wherever you're hunting for some game right you catch a very big game now what's left for you now taking it out of the the the, the um wherever you hunted the forest the jungle wherever you hunted it from if you caught it it's one killing it from there is kill, getting it down is one task then taking it out of there is another task right so I think the task for Inter Milan was more of okay now let's really let's really in our game let's really in our catch let's take it in and let's take it to the village to ensure that we share it amongst the members of the village of the tribe <laughs> you know that kind of thing um I, I think the way the game was going you you could tell that both sides were just it was more of, it was the only was more on AC Milan to try and attack even though AC Milan did threaten they tried they were trying but Inter Milan were a lot the approach they took were a lot different and then the goal eventually came I mean it was nailed for quite a long time and the goal eventually came um, 1-0, Lothar Martinez, I mean, a fantastic goal. I mean, listen, that kind of angle, the score from that kind of angle is, is not something that you see every time. It's something I will always applaud, as long as I see a goal like that, because it's really good to to witness. And, um, you know, here we are. We've got um, we, we, we've got an, an Inter in the final again, right? First time since 20, 2010, since Mourinho took them there and you know, they won the game. But my focus is not really on that game. Uh, my focus on the Champions League this midweek episode is not really on that particular game. It's more on the other one, right? The one everybody wants to see. Man City versus Real Madrid. Now, it's because the reason why it's what everyone wants to see is because you're seeing two evenly matched sides, or relatively evenly matched sides. I use the word relatively because after what happened last night, I mean, it was clear they were not evenly matched at all, right? Relatively evenly matched sides. The way the first leg delivered, I mean, everybody. The hype before the first leg, the energy in the 1-1 draw at the Bernabeu, 
it was so ex- everybody was like okay yeah, this final this game is going to deliver and it really delivered because it was tight it was tactical battles both players there were there were battles in those games that were very interesting to watch um kamavinga putting on a probably could have been the man of the match if not vinicius vinicius versus Kyle walker right so it was just interesting every of all those matchups in each area of the pitch lived up right courtois putting in good saves right Ederson, man, not really much per se. Haaland delivering, De Bruyne delivering, you know. It was just interesting to watch. As a neutral, yes, that was fantastic. So a lot of persons were looking forward to this second leg at Man City Stadium because of that. Now, at the Etihad, because of that, obviously everyone's going to say, listen, Man City at home, different position entirely, right? Because, listen, let's be real. If it's Man City at home, away from home, they're a little bit, a little bit more, I, I wouldn't say they're weak, I wouldn't say they're weak anyways, but... Their, their effect is not that they are not as potent as they are at the Etihad. Let's put it that way. And last week, a lot of persons had this conversation that listen, you know, Man City are saying, Man City fans are saying, yes, we're going to see you at the Etihad, right? And uh, somebody, somebody tweeted and said, Real Madrid don't know what is away. I mean, everywhere is at home for them. It was funny and it was, you know, all jokes and, and jokes. And I was inclined to actually believe that because I know Real Madrid have this, you know, heritage when it comes to Champions League and the way they always. They take competition very seriously and the way they play when it's time to when is the business end of the game of the when is the business end, right? And um I found it very interesting to see how the game was going. And uh, listen, the first leg, if you, if you go by the first leg, right? I think nobody would be able to predict that they will win 4-0. I mean the persons who believe that Man City will win 4 0 will win the game. Didn't predict 4-0. Okay, 2-0, 1-0, you know, 2-1. Persons, a lot of persons were predicting that number. 4 nil. It's it's not a small number, right? It's it's what you do to minions. That winning 4 nil means you brush aside your opponent. That's how, and I can assure you that result did not flatter Man City at all because Haaland could have gotten a couple himself. But I want to. What, what is very interesting for me is this, right? Real Madrid, the way they were, they looked completely. They looked very toothless. Vinicius looked toothless. And Kamavinga, they, Benazio, you could tell Benazio did a job on Kamavinga, right? Kamavinga was very good in the first leg, right? He was getting into tackles, you know, against. Second leg, Benazio had a real, did a real good job on him. Scored two goals on the on the ninth. Scored two goals, the first two goals for Man City. Stone it up. Akanji scored the third, and the fourth one, Julian Alvarez comes on and scores the fourth goal. I mean, basically, basically his first touch, if I say it correctly. I don't know if he, I can't remember if he had a touch before he scored that goal, but I know that was almost probably his first touch of the game and he scored, right? Good movement, good positioning, and good goal. I, I, I'm just feeling sorry for Real Madrid because the, the manner of the defeat was just too embarrassing. I mean, it was just too, too good, too good to witness. As you know, I, I appreciate good defending, and I'm somebody who would always shout out good defending when I see it. And the Kawaka one for me was just fantastic. Could have easily been man of the match. I didn't check to see if he won it, but games like this such players do not tend not to get the man of the match awards because a lot of persons like you know what they see a lot of pers- few persons tend to appreciate good defending right Carl walker the first leg he was good he was good against vinicius right this second and by this shutting down completely vinicius scored vinicius was still able to you know affect the game in certain, certain positions from even from this angle he was able to create chances still able to do his thing in this one he was so toothless he was so it was shut down so well by Carl walker that I didn't even remember he was playing at some point. That's how good Walker did. There was one chance. Vinicius was already in, right? I was thinking, yes, this is a, this is if if Walker does anything, he's gonna foul him. It's gonna be a penalty for for Vinicius. He's gonna win a penalty. And the way Walker was able to get in in time, win the ball, so composed and pass the ball, I was like, wow. And see, what makes Walker a lot more dangerous than a love right back is not just 
as the obvious fact that he's 32 going to 33, I mean, come on, how can you be going to 33 and you still have this level of pace and strength with you? How? <laughs> I mean, what makes him very dangerous is that right? he's fast and he's very strong. I don't people say, well, it's this stereotypical, um, it's, it's always a stereotype, stereotypical trait they always attribute to footballers who are, you know, who are black, right? But who are black or mixed race, right? Well, listen, you know, it's if it's, I'm not trying to say this because it's just stereotypical, but Kawaka as a footballer, he's very, he, apart from the fact that he's fast and strong, there are players who are fast and strong, but they're not really smart. He is very tactically smart. I know a lot of people say, well, he's both, I mean, when he was at sports, around 2014, a lot, there was a, I've talked about this before, there's a blog, Harry Hotspur, I used to read back then, used to call him Bozo, right? Because he was fast and he wasn't really put, but over the years, you could say he's developed the other side of his game. So he's a lot more tactically better. And even now that he's even older, Makes him even good. Now he can play as a right back, can play as a right RCB. And the system Man City play with the 3-2-4-1 um, system they play with Stones and this guy in the middle of the midfield. And then Walker is a perfect personnel for that right-hand side because of his ability to play as a right... I mean, his, his pace as a right back, one. And he was to cut to get it stuck inside. I mean, come on. The guy is just good. And you see, the, the time at the time when I made that tweet, I said Walker is probably up there with the likes, with the greats of the right back, right? Probably up there with Cafu. A lot of persons laughed at me and said, well, I'm like, listen, I understand Cafu is one of the greats, right? In terms of right backs, Cafu, Lam, I mean, these guys are football royalty, right? But... Saying Walker is in that level, is around that level, it is not far-fetched, right? Even though, okay, I'm not saying, okay, fine, is Walker better than them? I don't think so. I mean, Philip Lamb is probably one of the most intelligent footballers of all time, right? Aside the fact that he could deliver world-class performances at right-back position, he could also play defensive midfield so effectively. I mean, if you look at Joshua Kimmich, Joshua Kimmich, DM, right-back, that kind of, is similar to Lamb. I would even, I think I've heard conversations where people always tend to want to use Lamb as like, you know, the barometer for... So, Lam is a fantastic footballer. Cafu, the same thing, right? Fantastic. I mean, the Brazil, that Brazil um, team that won the World Cup in 2002. You know, fantastic, right? But saying Walker is not in that position is ridiculous. It's saying Walker is, should not be in that kind of conversation. I find it a bit um, weird. I, I do think people, a lot of persons are, not really, are trying. I think they're trying so hard. Yes, he has had some bad defending and all that. Yes, those guys I mentioned, Lam and Cafu, They've had bad games too. They're human, you know. I don't. I think it's a bit unfair for people to really try to label Walker as one bozo. But the thing is, this right? If he wins the treble, that those kind of conversations they will put him in those conversations by force. And the thing is, this right? If you go back to that time when Lam and Kafu played, I would argue that there were persons who were still when when people would name, mention Kafu and Lam amongst the great right backs from the 90s, the 70s, and the 80s, right? Some persons then would probably say. Well, no, I don't agree with you. I mean, look at this game, look at this game, look at this game. Years later, person like, oh, yeah, it was really good, fantastic right back, right? The same thing with Lam. And if, listen, so if we, if persons discredit Walker now, it's only take a few matter of time. Forget a new right back coming up in the game in the future. So persons won't say, well, is this guy better than Walker? Persons will be like, no, Kai Walker is fantastic. He won this, 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 this. He played this, this, this. I mean, people are really not. So that's the way. I think it's. It's more, I think nostalgia does play a part. Again, I'm not saying Kyle Walker is better than these guys. I'm just saying that he has to be put in that kind of conversation. He has to be put in that kind of conversation. The way he plays, the way he's able to balance, the way he's able to play in the last... I mean, at first, he was good, right? At first, he was good. Especially on that porch. Those two seasons on that porch. 14-15 season, 15-16 season, right? Two seasons on his porch, challenge for the title. 
the season he went to man from sports right then to man city right that's that jump right? obviously the time as force helped him out you know and man city his game will go to a whole new level right and to play for pep for this level of for this listen pep is not somebody who waste time in discarding players i mean look at cancelo didn't waste time discarding cancelo and even when Jao cancelo was playing was still there walker was still starting so it's not like walker is one it's one bad player that pep is and i can't remember the last time i've i even heard that i can't i don't think i've even i've ever seen the reports of walker being put up for sale i don't think it even comes up but so I, I just find it really amusing or very 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 amusing when people try to discredit our walker but we'll see as time go on it's, it's just i think it's just a normal thing i mean even now when messi and ronaldo have been playing all these few years ago when messi and ronaldo i think of it's a matter of years from now persons who would want to discredit either of them because they want to prove a point eventually you'll be like oh yeah those guys were actually really good so it's one of all those things it's 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 i think it's what happens for well spend so much time so much time on that battle but walker did a very good job on Vinicius. i think that's one that should be said that if maybe if silver didn't score it if benazila didn't score two goals maybe probably gonna be walker that's gonna win the man of the match if the game let goalless maybe man city won the first leg one day and it was a goalless draw and walker just did a job i think that's it and benzema you know what when the game was going on i tweeted i said that um i don't think i mean after the first half sorry i said the way man city have shot down real madrid it's so fantastic right you know it's one of those things you you want you wonder you know can last season you can tell man, man city improved right because but last season real madrid were able to dig in somewhere and just snatch win from it from the jaws of defeat like the last five minutes in that game last year this year it was a lot different you could tell man city did their homework man city improved a lot more last season striker was a problem yes Haaland didn't score in this game but Haaland had an impact in this game and that's it he yeah, could have scored he could have done this could have would have should have but he had an impact in this game Benzema on the other hand was totally non-existent I know Benzema has had games where he has come alive but I think it's one of those things where you begin to believe that age is probably catching up with Benzema his age I think it's, it's an age thing I think age is catching up with him he's at that point where he's like okay um let's take what's the next step for my for my career now because I mean I think 1987 so we're going to be 36 this year I mean at the high level that's the age when people begin except it's Modric but that's the age where people begin to really consider moving on to other leagues and again age happens it's not like Benzema is a bad player of a ninth I just think at that level just wasn't I think last season was just like his peak that last that championship was like his peak where he had to just give all he could give it's looking like now it's a whole different ballgame entirely so now very much it will have to obviously seal their second spot in La Liga and give us the Champions League next season I think the cup, the um, that Copa de Rey is probably the only trophy they're going to have this season. I think it is. It's going to be the only trophy they have this season. So at least they don't understand the same way. Where Barcelona win La Liga, so um, I think they shared that within themselves over in that league. Well, um, I, I think that that battle between um, the Man City defenders and Benzema was interesting to watch. Again, over the two legs, they shot him down. I know even if we would say Benzema doesn't look like himself last season, I also think aside from that, yes, that's a fact. I think Man City defenders also need, need to get good credit for what they, the job the job they did on Benzema. I mean, it was non-existent. I mean, even if he has been he has been not been as good as he was last. I mean, he scored a hat against Barcelona in that Copa del Rey, in the round Copa del Rey, in the semi-final Copa del Rey. So they have actually, actually, he has actually had good games this season. But yes, I think we imagine a lot of conversations we had about um, personnel. Because you will probably see a complete change in and a sale or purchase or some outgoings and some incomings. I think striker position is one they will probably look to prioritize. Speaking of striker position, 
Ulen Alvarez just signed a new contract at Man City. He scored in that game yesterday and he's not getting a lot of playing time. And, you know, when players like that are having that kind of clout, people begin to have the understand, wait, I feel this guy should be starting in some way on another team. So, again, you know, Real Madrid always have this football heritage, right? Now, like Spanish teams are, are always a big draw for players from South America. Can they, can they um, attract someone like Alvarez? And listen, players like Alvarez are players. As you can, the direction Man Real Madrid is going in, in is a type where they sign young, talented footballers. Now, Man City have going. I think for basically, for basically, if if I mean, it was a giveaway prize, right? I think twelve million pounds. I think it's getting to that point where you know that could be an option. I don't know if they will. It depends on him if he wants to stay or if he wants to leave. But depending on how this season ends for Man City, I think maybe he might have some conversations. Listen, I want to start. I want to play a lot more. Because listen, players, someone like of Junavera's quality will want to play a lot more. I, it's it's gonna be hard to see a player who's that good and doesn't want to play a lot more. Except and even if he plays me on the level, oh yeah. And listen, he's better than um Gabriel Jesus. He's actually better than Gabriel Jesus. So <laughs> it's funny. I'm gonna be watching to see how that happens. Or Ellen Haaland. I did hear that I heard that or I read somewhere that Haaland Real Madrid is probably on the Haaland has like a plan, progression plan on his career. Um, with his uh, discuss with his agents, um, and um, with his agents or agents, and um, I think part of it was Real Madrid. So I think started with that list. I think Salzburg, Leipzig, Molde, Salzburg, Dortmund. He put in a release clause, then goes to Man City. Then Man City was the next step. Is it going to be Real Madrid? We'll see about that. Well, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that you know that pans out but i don't think Haaland has spent that long so it's not going to be longer so between him and Alvarez, who's more likely to leave man city i don't know man but it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out if if this guy wants to stay on another player again that comes up to mind comes to mind in that game yesterday jack Grealish. listen if, you, if you've been a regular listener of this pod you've always you've heard because i've heard me even last season talk about how Grealish should be dangerous this season how Grealish should be a lot better this season first season with pep most players do not really get into that rhythm most of the time. I know people, people would think, well, you spent so much money on him. Why not? Why not? Why not? Yes, I get it. But the first season, it's really... And again, I understand that, yes, let's be real here, right? Even though you get first, there are players who come in and hit the ground in the first season. There are players who first season, they struggle in Pep's system. What determines that is where they're coming from. Grealish was coming from a team where he would hold on to the ball a lot more. He was required to hold on to the ball. Why? Villa... Villa in a position in a position where they wanted to stay up in the league. They just needed to stay up. So the, I think I, I watching one of his interviews and he was talking about how his manager wanted him to keep the ball a lot more. Because why? Villa is trying to stop in the Premier League. You don't get you don't get to see the ball a lot of the time, right? So when you get it, you have to hold on to it as much as you can. At the time when they came up, and then when he goes to Man City, he's required to not keep the, to not hold on to the ball because Man City get the ball a lot. So they have to get the ball. They, Man City need the ball to be able to do as much as they can with the ball, right? So Grealish is not required to hold on the ball for a long, long. So that first thing was quite normal for him to struggle, and that's why, I, even though yeah, it was funny to make those memes and all, you know, I just always had that feeling that this second season was, was going to be better because first season, even towards the end of last season, he was actually looking good. He was looking good, and this season also, yes, he didn't start well. Oh yeah, but he has been really good overall this season. He has actually been very good. He has. Let's be real here. He has. And again, another thing I want to also say is this, right? Um. Rodri is another player I want to mention, right? Rodri, the first season, the season Liverpool won the league in 1920 season. Rodri, that was Rodri's first season. The season when Fernandinho was beginning to phase out Fernandinho. Fernandinho was playing centre-back. They didn't sign a centre-back, so Fernandinho was playing centre-back. 
and Rodri was playing, he was still trying to learn the system, learn the ropes. Rodri was coming from Atletico Madrid that they played a, com- a completely or a totally opposite system to the one Pep plays at Man City, right? So you have him coming from that to that from that system to this system. He was just always he was always gonna be first in the stroke. And the second season he looks better. I got to see him yesterday's game it was fantastic. In the first leg it was really fantastic. So you know, it is what it is. I think I think I've spoken as much as I can for all the players. Like I think about De Bruyne also fantastic, right? De Bruyne was fantastic. I mean, I was seeing a tweet where somebody was saying that De Bruyne is like scores and sorry, it's like Gerard scores and Lampard at once, right? So the goal scoring touch of Lampard, the passing, the long range passing of Gerard, and then the also the passing, creative technical ability of technical ability, obviously you have technical abilities, but the, the what you know Paul scores for is creativity, is passing, similar to quite similar to Gerard though, but. You see that all of that in De Bruyne. So De Bruyne is like a full package of water. And that actually makes sense. When I read that tweet, I was like, yeah, this actually makes a lot of sense. If you think about the kind of person or the kind of player De Bruyne is, right? Well, now I think I've spoken about, like, about these guys. Um, the Champions League final between AC Milan, Inter Milan, and, um, and um, uh, Man City in that final. Now, I'm going to be rooting for Inter Milan to win this final. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you why. Um, I made a tweet. I said that Man City winning the final is going to be dependent on luck. Winning Germany is going to be more dependent on luck. If you, fi- I have this theory, right? I want that theory to be, to be firm. It's a theory. If you are in the final against a team who has more football heritage in the competition than you, you are more likely to lose that final. <laughs> it's, a, it's what I said. Right? It's a theory. Um, last season Champions League final, Real Madrid versus Liverpool. Real Madrid had more football heritage, so they won. Listen, it's not. It's just a theory, right? It's not like it's set in stone. Previous season, before, the season before that, Man City versus Chelsea. Chelsea had football heritage. That was their second final. Man City's first final, right? Previous one, 2020, um, Bayern Munich versus PSG. P- Bayern Munich had football heritage in the final, right? Previous one, Liverpool versus Tottenham Hotspur. Liverpool had football heritage. Sports didn't. The previous one also, 2018, Bayern Madrid versus Liverpool. Football heritage. So I was like, okay, yeah, I want my theory to continue. So Inter Milan, I want you guys to win. It. And listen. Man City are the clear favourites for this final, right? They are the clear favourites. Whichever one qualifies between Man City and Real Madrid, was going to be favourites for the final. But there's one thing people, nobody should discount Inter Milan and try and brush them off as one average side who probably don't know what they're doing. They've been really good in Champions League. They've been really, really good. And I was watching Lukaku's um, interview after the game on CBS, right? And then he was talking about how the start, where they started the season and where they, they're playing. They started the season with a... The style they played was a... They're trying to press, they're trying to play a high press. And you know, mid-season they they changed to this their what they know best, which is the counter-attacking system they um they are known for, right? And you know, they've that's why a lot of their recent success in the season or relative success has been good. So they have a chance to win a double. They have a chance to win the Coppa Italia and they have a chance to win um the Champions League. So they are not gonna be a team who's gonna brush up and they have a they have the chance to bring on Lukaku from the bench. So they're gonna be hungry for that final, so nobody should brush off Inter Milan. I'm gonna be interested. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna be interested to watch, just to watch it. And listen, I'm gonna be watching it. People would say, well, Man City's form and how good they are. Man City are not the Etihad one. Two, Man City will. They also tend to struggle against teams who play like Inter Milan counter attacks. There's a reason why they have a very bad record against Tottenham Hotspur, right? So it's not a final that is set in stone for Man City to win it's not it's not like oh it's guaranteed you have to be very careful if you're a betting man so there are a lot of things that that would that could go in favor of Inter Milan 
then again, Man City have the ability to completely possess the ball. So we'll see. Man City are chasing the treble. Um, FA Cup final. They are, they are clear. They are clearly in the driving seat to win the Premier League. Um, they play Chelsea on Sunday. I think on Sunday. Uh, but yet, yeah, I think that's already the game. They if they once they win that game, they win the league. So it's really gonna be that kind of game where everybody says, "Yeah, this huge title." <laughs> I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be trust. It's gonna be interesting to watch. Atatürk, um, Turkey. I think it's Istanbul. Atatürk. Can't remember which of it. Is it Atatürk or Istanbul? And Champions League final is in Turkey. I think that's what I would say. It's in, it's in Turkey. It's gonna be interesting to see how that 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 final pans out. But yeah, um, that's my thoughts on that on the Champions League roundup. Um, with Spurs, Cliff White, before I run out of episodes, so Spurs, um, and his slots, the manager, um, director of football, there's um, Lee Dykes, there is, um, I can't remember the other person's name, but one person that called, I think it's Schmidt, is it Schmidt or something, I can't remember his name, yeah, I know from Bayer Leverkusen's um, sporting director, or is it just current sporting director, so Spurs are chas- had, having, chasing two, two persons, right, sporting director, and a new manager, right, and the, the signings they make will be heavily dependent on you know those two positions that are that are filled. Sorry, the DOF or whichever positions they filled, or both rather. I'm curious to see how that pans out. Um, after a great performances today, um, the news soft resurfaced again that Spurs, um, how Spurs missed out on Grealish. I think I've spoken about it already, right? There's no point stressing myself again. I mean, we missed out on Grealish thanks to the ownership and how they tried to lowball. I've also talked about this in my previous episodes, one of my previous episodes last season also. So, you know. It's one of all those things you just I don't know man. I'm I'm just tired of talking. The way sports ownership run do their thing. Sometimes trying to be too smart makes no sense. I mean Grealish Steve Bruce even said he thought he was a villa player. Jack Grealish dad was already celebrating that oh he assigned for sports. And then last minute great sport Livy trying to according to what I read yesterday or this morning from Paul O'Keefe, he said that um sports Grealish sorry, um Livy thought they had him and um, a tax issue, right, to clear out, and they ran out of time. So Levy tried to lowball their offer, to lowball them, go back to lowball them. Sports already agree with the fee already, right, to pay, and then goes back in. Levy says, okay, goes back to lowball them to see if they are desperate because of their tax issue. Villa negotiated a new a sale, takeover comes in, and then they don't have to, so they pay off that that tax issue. And then they say we're not selling again. They keep their player. The other, I read on that story also. That same story, but it's very similar. I don't know which one's correct, but I think the, if you probably peel peel apart the piece, the openings, of the shells of these stories, you probably get a bigger picture. But both persons are saying the same thing. The one I read that time was about um, Grealish. You know, um, what's this person's name? Spurs. Leave it. Leave it. Leave it. You know, Villa were having issues with payments. Payments. Like that one I read at the time. They were having issues with payment of salaries. When they go to paying salaries, they um, ensured that, sorry, they, they had to pay salaries, right? And they were desperate. I think it was before in So Levy was trying to lowball them to see, you know, if they would bite because they needed to pay salaries. So see, to, to crack up, that was them being urgent, right? I think it was six, four million pounds plus Joshua. No, my eventually it was six million pounds or so. I can't what I read at the time. And um, they go a takeover, and the takeover, the, one of the terms or the contingency for the takeover happening was really should not be sold. And Grealish wasn't sold, and takeover happened, and then you know they kept their player. So I'm not surprised. Another thing that also would, could piss me off also, um, he had reading news that um, what's this guy's name? Eric Dyer could be signing a new three-year contract. And, and listen, fans who are saying that it's cheaper to let Eric Dyer go than keep him. It's very cheap. It's cheaper. People will say, well, um, you have to get, retain some value so you can sell him. Who's gonna buy Eric Dyer? Who? Please tell me who. Everybody sees that he's awful. 
The question is, will he agree to move to a down a table that a team that just prom- getting promoted? No, he will not. Because why? Good money, right? So what's the point of him leaving? Will he go to a mid-table side? Which mid-table side wants him? Which mid-table side does he get into? Fulham? He doesn't get into Fulham. Doesn't get into uh, Brighton. Doesn't get into even Palace. I mean, come on. Why? Why? Maybe he might start with Palace, but that's about his level. So Southampton, Southampton are really going down. I mean, maybe losing down are just coming up if they qualify, if they uh, get promoted. I mean, it is not. It's even a lot more difficult to even sell him because you you're not in a position where you want to demand a huge fee for him, but you can't because things will lowball you and think well he ain't good enough and you believe he is and then you keep the play and then it becomes situation it comes a, a burden on another manager who is probably forced to play him because the team and or maybe because the manager can't sign a new center back because why Dyer is still there taking up space and he is hard to say it's hard to offload so let him go for free just take the L and move on you know there, there are things that just have to happen some L's need to happen right just take the L there's some players that just to just move on you can't try and recoup fee for him and the fact that they have not gotten a new manager or a DOF, and this report is actually floating around. Says a lot about the ownership, right? Does it mean that they just the way they run things just makes you wonder if they're actually serious about being a football club or they just want to be a business entity who just want to make money and move on? But we'll see. Anyways, thanks for listening to this episode. Um, it's gonna be interesting. This is the weekend where um, Arsenal's title hopes are finally dashed. I mean, Man City are gonna win the league this season. I mean, after the, this weekend, after they beat Chelsea on Sunday. Um, hopefully, Arsenal lose their game. As you all, as you all know, I mean, I would want Arsenal to lose. Let's be real here, right? Um, Man City win their game this weekend, and then they win the title. I think the title, the Premier League, also will be at the Etihad Stadium. So, if Arsenal lose, Man City win. Man City get the title even before kicking the ball. I think if that's correct. If Man City wins, uh, Man City wins anyways, they get you a title. <sighs> I don't know, man, but it's interesting. It's beautiful to see. I mean, the way the season started, Arsenal was on a high, and then to see their dreams come crashing down right before our very eyes, it's such a lovely sight. <laughs> yeah, thank you for listening to this episode. Um, I'll be back by Monday, hopefully by then, to celebrate Arsenal's... Um, to celebrate the final nail in the coffin. Of Arsenal bottling, you know, to Arsenal bottling the title, if that's the right way to say it. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Have a nice weekend and bye.